Welcome to Wuffles Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wuffle. The Green Bay Packers are back on the offensive again, and it's a good thing they are for Packer Nation. Hi, I'm Gary Wolfel, and welcome back for another Packers podcast. And joining me today, as he does every week, is Rob Reichel, the Pro Bowl Packer reporter for Forbes.com. Good day, Rob. How are you, Gary? You know, I should be your agent. Yes, you should. <laughs> I, I, I've, said, I've said many times, if, if I go before you, Gary, you're given the eulogy. You know, but, but if I became your agent, you wouldn't do my podcast. <laughs> oh, I'd still do your podcast. All right. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> it's amazing. Just like four weeks ago, we were talking about the Packers being dead in the water. I think they were at that point three and six, if I'm not mistaken. And here we are today, and they're six and eight, and uh, still sniffing around for an NFC playoff spot. And, uh, you know, there's obviously a number of factors as to why the Packers are still in the hunt. But to me, the most obvious one is their offense. Uh, if you remember starting out uh, earlier this season, they were, they were just horrible, Rob. And all of a sudden, you know, they're starting to click last four or five games. Well, I agree with you, Gary, but I think, I think the second element in terms of why they still have a breath in this whole thing Let's not lose sight of the fact that they have back-to-back wins against two dogs, Gary, two of the worst five teams in football, right? A three-win Chicago team, a four-win Los Angeles Rams team. Now, granted, they have started to play better, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. But, Gary, they still only have one win all season long over a team with a winning record. That was Dallas. And now in the next three weeks, they've got to beat a Miami team that's eight and six. They've got to beat a Minnesota team that's 11 and three and Gary, they've got to beat a a Detroit team that's seven and seven, but it's playing like it's 10 and four in terms of how, how the lions are playing. So can they run off three in a row? Uh, You'll never say never right with it, with the team quarterback by Rogers and uh, a group here that's starting to certainly get some things figured out. You're you're right on the offensive side of the ball, Gary. Um, They averaged 17 points a game for the first nine and, and they're, they're about 10 points more than that per game in the last five. So they've really picked it up. And obviously it kind of starts with the emergence of Christian Watson, who had the eight touchdowns in a four game stretch there, uh, you know, between weeks 10 and 13, they get dubs back last night, Gary, when dubs and Watson were on the field together last night, Gary, I'm going to throw a good stat by you. Rogers was seven for seven. Wow. They so you're have saying some- that he's coming back now. <laughs> they have, yeah, well, it, they, they mean, want him back. <laughs> I, I, I think the answer to both is probably going to wind up being yes. Yeah, I, 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 I think the future is bright at that position. And I think if Gutekunst is smart, and I, I do believe he is, he takes another one in this, this particular draft. You can never have enough high level wide receivers. You, you know, know what, Rob? I, I, I totally agree. And we'll really delve into that, you know, once the season's over and it's closer to the combine, et cetera. But I, I couldn't agree with you more. You look around the league, and it's not like they have one good receiver. They have two or three. And uh, can you imagine if they added a primetime receiver to their already uh, very good young core? 
No, you're right, Gary. The, the, the outstanding teams have three, right? Philly has three. I watched Washington the other night in a game, Gary. You know, they, they technically didn't need one. They had McLaurin and they had signed Curtis Samuel, for example, and gave him some good money in, in free agency. And what did they do? They they draft they drafted Dotson, the kid out of Penn State, and all of a sudden, boom, they have three. Cincinnati has five. I mean, don't they, Gary? I mean, Buffalo's got three or four. Even though Kansas City lost Tyreek Hill, they have three or four. Uh, we're going to see a Miami team Sunday that has maybe the best combo in football. And and then, you know, they they even go a little bit deeper. They're pretty good. So, no, you're right. I mean, the, the name of the game still in this league is is, is scoring points and in and, and offense. It's always going to be driven by offense. Green Bay thought they had some answers this year on the defensive side of the ball, maybe to, maybe to combat that that theory, Gary, and, and we learned that wasn't the case. Lucky for them that the offense has picked it up in time here uh, to maybe make a run. Now, can they go three straight? Can they win at Miami on Christmas? Can they win at home against Minnesota and then win at home against Detroit? I, I think the odds are long, Gary of that happening. I, I have a hunch their season's probably going to come to an end. At least when we talk about the postseason on, on Sunday down in Miami, the, the dolphins are an outstanding team. Despite that eight and six record Gary, I think they're a really good football team mm-hmm. and they're fighting now for their playoff lives. All of a sudden, I think they've lost three in a row and, and green Bay is going to have its hands full trying to stop that offense, particularly Hill and, and Waddle there, that, that dynamic duo at wide receiver. And then most starts turned into a pretty good running back for them. I think there's going to be a lot of points Sunday, Gary. I, I, I really do. I, I, I think that's 34 30 or something like that. I think that's going to turn into a shootout because Miami does not play great defense. I think they're 26th in points. So that that's going to be a fun one for anybody that sits down on Christmas and, you know, has already opened their gifts and, 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 and doesn't want to talk to some family members, for example, they'll, they'll be glued in nice and tight on that game, Gary. And, and, and it, and it's going to be a thriller. Yeah, Robbie, you know what? Uh, we have the woeful Christmas party. Oh boy. <laughs> on Christmas day, 40 plus people. What and, time? At noon. <laughs> oh boy. I, I didn't set the itinerary here. Guys <laughs> like you and I never do Gary. No, so it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, plays out. You know, we got we got four TVs in the uh, house, so I, I have a feeling people are going to be scattered around our house. But, uh, you know, you're talking about offense uh, with the Packers and how it's picked up. In their first eight games, Rob, how many times do you think they scored 24 points or more? First eight games. Oh, man, let me just quick think off the top of my head. Probably just once, Gary. Yeah, twice, twice. Well, twice. It, it just showed you how that was a train wreck. And I, I agree that, you know, they had to work in some new people. They lost Devontae Adams, blah, blah, blah. But two times of 24 points or more, they were just, in my opinion, just a nipped offense. And now in uh, four of the last five games, they have scored 24 points or more. I mean, what what a difference! And you can see all of a sudden, like, hey, you know what? They 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 kind of look like the old Packers that we saw the last three years. Gary, I think if you go back and listen to our podcast too in the summer and even at the start of the season, I, th- this was all very predictable. And and I remember you and I having these conversations, saying this is exactly what we thought would happen. They were going to start the year with Lazard, Cobb, and Sammy Watkins 
which none of them put the fear of God into any defense whatsoever. None of them were threats right. um, in terms right. of getting 90 catches or, or going, you know, 64 yards for a touchdown on a bubble screen or something like that, Gary. It was, you know, it, it was three very mediocre to subpar wide receivers, guys that, you know, can hurt you here and there, but you don't want them on the field for 65 snaps. And I think our prediction at the time, Gary, was it's going to take at least half of a season for Watson and Dubs to emerge. And once they do, this offense could be extremely dangerous. Well, that's exactly the way it's unfolded. That, that's what we're looking at today, right? Christian Watson picks it up in the Dallas game about a month ago, whatever that was, week nine or 10, I think, Gary. Uh, you know, Dubs had some moments early, especially down in, in Tampa Bay where he had seven or eight catches that day and they won the game 14-12. But they, they certainly, you know, they were a long way from being efficient or proficient on offense at that point in time too. Well, now they've got Watson and Dobbs back together uh, again, and, and it ha- hasn't happened much gear. I think they've only been on the field, you know, 50 some odd snaps or something like that together this particular season. But, but Gary, when you look ahead to the future, the 2023 wide receiver core and the 2023 green Bay Packers, those two are going to be one and two. They're they're at the top of the depth chart, and I and I and I think they're set up for a, for a nice run. I mean, I think Watson Gary right now is the second best odds to win Offensive Rookie of the Year behind the kid from the Jets, Wilson. Just yeah, you know what, Rob? That, that's funny you brought that up because I, I looked I looked at it today out of curiosity. Yeah, he he, he dropped down to fourth. Oh, he fell to fourth. Okay, uh, and, and <laughs> the reason you know who moved ahead of him. Uh, your guy, your 49er guy, (laughs) not Brock Purdy. Yep. (laughs) That's pretty fascinating. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? He plays what two two or three games, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no way, no way. No, 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 no. I uh, mean, Hey, Hey, if it goes to Wilson from the jets, uh, who can argue, right? I think Kenneth Walker from Seattle was on the way to getting it to himself or certainly being, you know, a, a, a challenger for it before, before he got dinged up too. You know, Dubs is the perfect complement to a guy like Watson too. Cause you watched last night too. He can work all that underneath stuff. So extremely well, he catches the ball uh, with his hands. He's not a body catcher. He gets open quickly, Gary, his route running is outstanding. And then Watson can take the top off a of defense and, and, and kind of spread you out. They're going to need more than that moving forward w- without question, Gary. I mean, Lazard's unrestricted Randall Cobb's, you know, uncertain, I guess I would, I would say to return, they cut Sammy Watkins on Monday, just, you know, six, eight hours before that football game. Well, yeah, Uh, that, that to me was absolutely astounding. (laughs) I'm I'm not shocked that he was cut, but that he was cut at that time, you know, just a few hours before the game. And uh, I'm sure stuff is going to come out, you know, during the course of the week, but I'll tell you that 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 to me was a, a mysterious decision at this point. Well, Gary, I, I th- honestly, Gary, I, 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 and you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm king of Oliver Stone theories on, <laughs> on things that always, always looking yes, to dig, <laughs> dig six layers deeper than than what things appear on the surface. But, but I, I, I th- this is one I think that was largely cut and dry. They they needed a third running back on because Aaron Jones is is dinged up. Patrick Taylor was kind of out of of being moved up and down, whatever you want to call that options, I yeah, guess, yeah. going from practice squad uh, to the regular 
53-man roster. So they, they, they couldn't goof around with him much more, Gary. If they brought him up, you know, he, he was staying up. They couldn't send him back down, and and somebody had to go. And, and, and Sammy Watkins, Gary, with just 13 catches, you know, for the season, 200 yards, never found the end zone, career lows in every single category, had fallen deep down the depth chart. The but, timing but he, was odd, he played, Gary. He played a ton this season. I mean, it's well, not he played like- a ton early, Gary. And 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 again, I I think that I, that was by design, right? Let the young sure, kids grow sure. up. Let the young kids learn some things, Gary. I'm I'm not sure. You know, he he would have ever played a ton, or maybe even makes the roster if Aaron Rodgers shows up in the summer in in May and June and develops any kind of chemistry with these young wide receivers whatsoever. I still think I I you know I'll I'll bang the drum on that all year long, Gary. You know, it, it took half a season or more for Rodgers to develop any kind of chemistry with these young kids. Um, if if Rodgers is there over the summer, they have some of that chemistry maybe by the end of September, early October, rather than waiting until November before any of that stuff really kicks in. I, I put a lot of that on Aaron Rodgers, Gary, that it took guys like Christian Watson as long as it did to to, to grow up and, and, and become a, a legitimate bonafide you know, standout in, in the NFL. Now, now, obviously, Watson was hurt, and, and, and that slowed him down at various times through the season, Gary. But, but Rodgers didn't do those young guys any favors either by staying away in the offseason. And, 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 and for a $50 million man who's supposed to set the example for everybody in the organization, I, I, I'll, I'll go to my grave, Gary, saying that was inexcusable. He can't take a pass in the future like that in the summer. And, and he will, Gary. He'll keep doing it because he's Aaron Rodgers and he's been around forever. And he, he has as much say as, as the head coach does on, on some of these things. And, and, and he's not going to give up his, his trips and, you know, his psychedelic uh, fun that he has in, in the off season, Gary, he's, he's, he's going to take every second and every day possible for himself to, to go and do that. But I do think it hurts the team long-term now, having said all that, they're finding their groove now and it's, it, it's the right time. The question is, is it too little too late, right? Can they turn this two game winning streak into a five game winning streak and in the process, get enough help along the way to pass? Um, well, they need to pass three out of four teams, right? The giants right now sit at six Washington's at seven Seattle's at eight Detroit's at nine. They've got to find a way to pass three of those four. Cause they're sitting at 10. I'll tell you what, Gary, the team I like the best out of that group that I just read you is Detroit, the way they're playing at this point in time. I think Seattle's fallen off the map. I'm not a huge believer in, in, in Washington. I mean, the Giants, to their credit, Gary, they only need one more win. They're sitting the Giants are in. Yeah, the Giants are probably yeah. in. You, 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 look at, you look at the Giants' schedule, Gary, it's, you know, they've got the Colts on there and it's in New York, right? And then it's Minnesota and it's Philly and Philly might not have Hurts. Um, and Philly might, that, that's week 18, Gary. Philly might rest all its people. So I would say the Giants are in at this point in time. They only need one more win. So it comes down to, can they pass Washington, Seattle, and Detroit? And obviously they have to win out to do that and then get some help along the way. Their odds as we do this podcast, Gary, are 12%. According to ESPN analytics, they were, they were 4% two weeks ago, I think. They were 6% last week. So they are going up gradually. The, 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 the number is moving up, but, but the odds are still long, Gary. 12% is roughly one out of eight. At this point in time, I, I, I would say no to them being in the playoffs, but, but we can get into this a little bit, Gary. There's been some Packer teams in the last 25 years, and I'm writing this right now, that have had a crazy amount of help as, as the season unfolds that sneak into the playoffs, and, and maybe this is just the latest group. 
Interesting. You know, uh, to uh, piggyback off your comment on Rodgers, you know, not working out with these young receivers, that was manifested uh, last night. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but they were down near the goal line, and uh, Rodgers either audibled or, or gave him a single, and uh, he ran his pattern, and the ball was thrown. They weren't on the same page, and then post-game, Rodgers made a comment. He kind of quipped that maybe if he learns the play or, or knew the plays or the signal, you know, he he would throw the ball, throw him the ball more. You know, words to that effect. You know, so he he kind of took a shot at him, a, a little dig, but he but he said it in a jokingly manner. Okay, nevertheless, he took that shot at him. The other thing I was going to say about the Redskins, I, I don't know if you had a chance to see that game. Commander scary. Um, uh, yeah, well, I'll I'll be saying that. You know. Forever, I'm, te- um, I'm teasing you. Please, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who? Yeah, no big. Good, you know, I was a Lord. huge Tony yeah. Jurgensen fan, so it's hard to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, uh, if you saw that game in the uh, final sequence, the Commanders got royally screwed, and it's just unbelievable. And I'll give Chris Collinsworth uh, some props. Uh, after the game, he brought it up, and he just didn't let it go, and, and he was accurate. But they they called uh, one play where the receiver was lined lined up off the scrim off off the uh, line of scrimmage, and the uh, receiver. I'm trying to remember who it was. Yep, it was Terry McLaurin, Gary McLaurin. He he asked the official, yep. you know, if he was good, you know, and he he got the okay, and then as soon as, as soon as the play develops, the flag's thrown. I mean, it was just – it was ridiculous. And then um, uh, the pass into the end zone. I mean, the guy got totally mugged. I mean, it was so evident. If I'm a Commanders fan, I would just be livid. I mean, it, it was such a farce. Well, Gary, you know, I heard a lot of stuff on Monday, and, and, and I don't think this is a stretch or an exaggeration at all. And you know the NBA better than anybody. Um, the, the, there was a lot of comparison – was it Tim Donahue, the ref, who was gambling all those years on, on the NBA games? That is the guy. Yep. That was his name, right? Yeah. Yep. And it's a very fair and accurate comparison because you hit the two plays right right on the, you know, right on the head there. McLaurin goes out, lines up wide right at the top, asks the official if he's lined up properly. The official points at him like he's okay. And then as soon as the play goes, the official reaches into his pocket like he's at the OK Corral, right? To pull out his yeah. wrist, pull out his gun, and he whips it, whips out the flag, right, Gary? I mean, what a what a travesty! The the wide out, and, and that was on the play where Brian Robinson scored the potential tying touchdown, or would have gotten him within twenty eighteen because then they were going to go for two. Yeah, and so now it's third and goal at the six. They move him back to five yards. Third down's incomplete, and and then fourth down, Curtis Samuel, Gary, the ball had barely left the quarterback's hands, Taylor Heineke. And that defensive back is, like you said, just mauling him in the end zone. And I thought yeah. back to the 2020 NFC title game, Gary. You remember when Green Bay was trying desperately to get the ball back at the end of the game, and they called the kind of ticky-tack holding, defensive holding penalty on Kevin King at the time on, on the wide receiver who was coming across the middle. Yes. Uh, now, yes. King slightly had his jersey. It was the right call. You, you couldn't technically argue that much. 
Um, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, Gary, that, that was a nothing flag. And, and this one, they were just, the, the, the corner was just beating the nonsense out of, out of Samuel with the ball in the air on the way. I mean, how do you not throw a flag there? I mean, the, the league has a real problem. And I, again, I give Collinsworth credit. I, I think he's a hell of a broadcaster. He tends to overhype things, but in this case, I mean, I, I give him credit because I mean, it's, it, it's, you know, a, a quiet secret among broadcasters. You don't criticize the NFL and you don't criticize officiating, yep. you know? It, it takes, a, you know, a fair amount of courage for a commentator to go on national television and make those comments. But this goes back to the rant I had, what, about six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, about officials have to be accountable. I mean, we, we named everybody that was involved in the play, Right. Right. But we don't know the name of the official. <laughs> and, and Gary, to be honest, that that official shouldn't work again, or he should get a four week suspension, or absolutely or something to that effect. There needs to be repercussions. Now, now part of the problem, Gary, is that the league won't make these guys full time employees. The, I, I think on some levels they're ill prepared the second they walk on onto the field on a Sunday, and and then second of all, there's so many of them now that have the mindset that instant replay is going to consistently and constantly bail them out for their mistakes through the course of the game. That wasn't the case in 1992, right? When there was no replay. I don't want to say these guys don't take their job seriously enough, but there's always a fallback, right? There's always the eye in the sky. There's always a camera there to help them and back them up. And I, I think that plays a large role into, in the, in, into the consistent slippage we've seen from, from the officials. Um, and, and Gary, it's, it's getting worse year by year. It's not getting better. And the league's got a real problem here because they're putting out, a remarkable product. I mean, they really are, Gary. You, oh, you look yeah. around the league this week and, you know, just take this week in a nutshell, right? How many games ended on the final play of the game? I think, Gary, there were only two games in the league. So 14 out of 16, Gary, there were only two games that were doubled, decided by double digits. 14 of the 16 were decided by, by single digits or one score. I mean, the Green Bay game last night, Gary, the 12-point win by Green Bay, that was the largest of the weekend. By yeah, any, yeah. I mean, everything. And, and, and again, that only magnifies the problem, right? That we're having with officiating right now, because all these games, Gary, are going to be one score games when it, when it's all said and done, that's what the league's kind of created now with the, with this high level of parity that exists. Every, you know, every game's going to be 27, 24, 30, 27, 14, 12, things like that. So these calls, they, they cannot be missed like they are right now. And, and that Washington one was was as bad, Gary, as I, I've seen in the league in a long, long time. Yep. And uh, nothing is going to change. But but again, I mean, if you're a Commanders fan, you might have kissed your playoff hopes goodbye with that game. Gary, speaking of playoffs, let, let's do this real quick. Let's have some fun with this, okay? Sure. And, and, and go back to Green Bay. No, I, I was there for about seven hours last night. No oh, thanks. my God, I know. You poor, you poor guy freezing your tail. <laughs> Rob, that was brutal. <laughs> it, 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 it's going to be in, in, until kickoff against Miami when you finally thaw out, Gary. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, th- let's do this for fun, real quick, and 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 this is our way to determine. This is our this is our own analytics, our own simulator. In your mind, if if you think Green Bay can make the playoffs, so they're six and eight right now. For for the sake of this game, we'll play Gary. Let, let let's say they win out. Okay, get to nine and eight. Yeah. Now they've like we said they've got to pass three out of four teams. Right, the Giants, Washington, Seattle, Detroit. Let's just work backwards. All right. 
Let's right start with you. I sneezed. Let's start with Detroit. <laughs> number nine seed, seven and seven. And let's see where you think Detroit gets. At Carolina. You got to tell me win or loss. Oh, yeah, yeah. They'll win. Yep. <laughs> Home with Chicago. They'll win. So now they're nine and seven. And then they ho- and then they got to go to Green Bay. So in our game, they're, they, Green Bay is going to beat them and, and they'll both end up nine and eight. And then we're talking about tiebreaker. You situation. know, somebody brought that up the other day with me. And, and the tiebreaker goes to like the third or fourth tiebreaker. It, it's ridiculous. It, it, it's not like the first or second. It, it goes to the third or fourth, at least in, according to him. No, he's probably right. Cause I was just thinking to myself, I, I need to dive into that one as soon as we end this podcast, Gary, because I, I hadn't played out that scenario yet that Green Bay and Detroit both end up up nine and eight. But they, under this under this game we're playing, Gary, they'll have split their head-to-head, which is obviously obviously right. the first one. They probably have the same divisional and conference records, which yes. is what your pal is telling you. So now, now we really get deep into this thing. <laughs> I mean, Matt LaFleur was asked last night, Gary, you know, he takes the knee at the at the one, two, three yard line there to to end the football game. He was asked, you know, do you feel like you should have scored? Because it could come down to point differential when it's all said and done. I mean, that's great probably the question, great thing. question. Give that yeah, reporter, give that yeah. reporter a bonus. <laughs> Absolutely. It's probably, you know, that that might be the fifth or sixth tiebreaker, Gary, but that that could play a big part, you know. And then and and he said, and, hey, I respect LaFleur for doing this, Gary. You know, he said. You know, you know, he and he and McVeigh are tight. They've been together, you know, they, they worked together for a long, long time. And Matt was on his staff and he yeah. said he respects McVeigh too much to, you know, to, to pile it on late and take 24-12 to 31-12 and, and stuff like that. But I'll tell you what, Gary, if the Lions end up sneaking in, if they're both nine and eight and the Lions get that seven seed because they have a, you know, a, a three-point advantage over Green Bay and the point differential, or something like that. Yeah, we'll we'll look back at that Rams game from last night and see. And, they, see, that's that so silly. Fascinating. Rob. I mean, that that that's so silly. We're talking right. about professional sports here, and, and and these coaches know it's a cutthroat business. You know, you can be best of friends, but it's business, okay? And you're saying you're not going to score because you have too much respect for the other guy. That's nonsense. This isn't high school or college. The bottom line is winning, you know? You're not wrong. I agree with you there wholeheartedly. I'm sure Matt in his own mind is thinking, boy, let's hope it doesn't get down to that sixth uh, sixth tiebreaker or whatever it is, you know, with, with point differential. But, boy, Gary, it, it would be wild if it turns out that way. Yeah, um, and, the other, and the other thing, Rob, following up on that, if you're McVeigh, you understand that, you know, it's not completely. personal. Yep. You know what I mean? It, it, yep. it shouldn't have any bearing on your relationship at all. I mean, it, it's a business. And I don't think it would Gary, you right. know, again, I, I'm not going to kill Matt for not scoring at the end of the game last night. And um, again, the odds are extremely long, probably that it comes down to that, but, but the chance exists. So kind of yeah. keep an eye on that and put that, you know, in the back of our memory bank. And it, it, as, as this thing unfolds, all right, Gary, let me jump ahead now. Number eight seed right now is Seattle, seven and seven. Okay. At Kansas City. <laughs> They're going to lose that one. Correct. Home Jets. Uh, I'll say they win. They're going to have to win to get in because yeah. and then, they'd be seven and eight after the loss to Kansas City, Gary, and they couldn't afford another one. And then they host the Rams. Yeah. God. Good win. They're, they're going to beat the Rams, too. 
I'd, I'd give him Gary a 50, 50 chance of getting a nine and eight. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fair. Lose Kansas city, beat the Rams. Jets to me is a coin toss. Washington seven, six and one Gary, they're going to have to go two and one down the stretch. I mean, if they lose two out of three, eight, eight and one probably doesn't get it done. Here's what they're looking at at San Francisco loss. Correct. I would say home with Cleveland. You know what? Uh, Cleveland, for whatever reason, has played decently. Uh, I'll say yeah. Cleveland. Cleveland's going to beat them. And then home with Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> yeah. I think they lose at San Fran and probably find a way to split the two home games, but that okay. wouldn't be good enough, right, Gary? That's eight, eight, and one. Yeah. So now, now, now we throw the commanders out. We touched on the Giants earlier at Minnesota, probably a loss, home Indy at Philly, but in all likelihood, Philly's resting their people because they have the number one seed clinched by that point in time. That's week 18. So I, I think the Giants, Gary, are, are almost, I don't want to say a lock because I still don't think they're all that good of a football team. I think they're about as average as average comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they're going to find a way to, to at, at worst, go 9-7-1, and one, could go 10-6-1, and one, where, the, where the Giants end up as the sixth seed. So now we're talking about Green Bay, Detroit, Seattle, Washington for one spot left. And the way we just kind of played that out, Gary, I'm telling you, if, if Green Bay does run the table, which again, I, I don't think the odds of that are great, but if they do it, I think they're going to get enough help, Gary, from enough other spots that they're going to get in. That that, that would be another remarkable chapter in Packer <laughs> history. You know what I mean? I mean, nobody, I mean, nobody gave them a prayer four or five weeks ago. And uh, yeah, no, I I could see that scenario. I really thought, you know, with with the uh, Commanders and the Giants. I mean, those are two, like you said, mediocre at best teams. Seattle, you know, has been overachieving. You expected them to come, you know, back to earth. Uh, who's the other one? Detroit. Yep, nice team, but nothing special. I mean, but the the most talented team of that group is Green Bay, and it's not even close. I don't know, Gary. Detroit's figuring it out. I think they could win the division as soon as next year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say that, but I'll tell you what, Jared Goff is proving a lot of critics, including uh, Sean McVay, wrong. <laughs> that, that, that dude has really played well. And all these people for the last couple months with their mock drafts said the Lions taking a quarterback. I freaking guarantee you that's not going to happen. If they can get things fixed on the defensive side of the ball, and they've started to do that, they've played a lot better the last six weeks. They're going to be a force moving forward, Gary. Uh, you, you think about it, they have their own pick and they have the Rams pick coming up in this next yes. draft. It's almost like they get a bonus first-round pick in the fact that the Williams kid uh, out of Arizona, uh, I'm sorry, out of Alabama just joined them a week or two ago, right? The kid they took in the middle of the first round who had torn his ACL – Gary, they're, they're remarkably explosive on offense, and, and, and they're buying into what Dan Campbell's selling, and it took a little while, but there's a mindset there, and, and they're starting to get things figured out. Now, I, I know it sounds crazy to, to talk about the Lions, who, who I don't think have won the division, Gary, since the early 90s, to talk about them winning the NFC North, but, but they're setting themselves up. They're positioning themselves really well, and they have all this draft capital and, and a lot of really good young pieces because they were lousy for so many years, they could be a force moving forward, Gary. And, and, and we could be sitting here in two weeks talking that week 18 game 
with Green Bay and Detroit is really for a playoff spot. And and yeah. it really could come down to that, Gary. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, talking about the Lions, them getting Jamison Williams was an absolute coup. Yep. And, I mean, I watched Sunday's game. He got open deep again. I mean, he just blew by who, whoever was guarding him. And I was praising Goff before. Goff actually underthrew him. It would have been a sure sick uh, touchdown. But, man, you know, the potential of that team is, is sky high. But then you look at Minnesota, same thing. You know, they, they're not going to go away, I don't think. Uh, they're, they're having a dream season, but I still think they're going to be pretty good for years to come. And I, I'm not uh, going to downplay the Packers. Uh, I still think they got a ton of talent. And if, you know, if they stay healthy, they'll be right there as well. So it could be a well, Gary, really good Gary, and then you've got a Chicago team who I think has the quarterback figured out now and for the first time in forever down there. I, I mean, I love that kid. And they've got $100 million plus of, of salary cap room to go play with. Yeah, yeah. So th- th- they they will look dramatically different next year. They, they could go out and add four really high-level pieces, kind of like Green Bay did back in 19 when they signed the two Smiths, Billy Turner and Amos, and, and turned things around in various positional groups in a hurry. And the Bears have a lot of draft capital because you remember at the trade deadline, they sent away a couple of their studs for second round picks and things like that, like Roquan Smith and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and people like that. Chicago, I mean, Gary, Gary, the division, which, which I think has really been down for the last handful of years is, is, is really on the uptick. D- Detroit's a riser. Chicago's a riser. Green Bay's trying to hold on for dear life. I, I do think Minnesota's kind of a, a little bit of a flash in the pan this year. They're, they're not 11 and three level talent, which is where they're sitting at right now. I, I think overall you play the season out time and time again. That's about a 10-win football team. They're catching a lot of breaks. They're winning all these one-score games. They, usually, they might be the luckiest team in NFL yep. history. They, yep, they, they might be. be. Right. Usually, every usually week. luck on that runs out the next year, right? Yeah. And, and Gary, I'll still, I'll still say this. I don't think Minnesota's winning a playoff game. You know what? I, I, I tend to agree with you, but the NF, NFC has been so crazy this year. It wouldn't shock me if they got to the Super Bowl. Gary, they're not beating Philly or San Francisco. Come on. I, I don't know. I mean, they, they got their butts kicked by Philadelphia earlier this season. I mean, it, it, was, it was pretty ugly. But I'll tell you, Rob, when, when you got a guy like Jefferson, you got a guy like Cook, you got a chance. You're going to put up points. We don't want to talk about their defense because they give up points. <laughs> but – Boy, I'll tell you, they 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 they've just been defying the odds all season long, and crazy things happen. There's no doubt, and Green Bay's going to have to find a way to beat them, Gary, in in Week 17. We, and Minnesota's going to have a lot to play for that day, Gary. They're trying like crazy to hold San Francisco off from that two spot, and and that's big, Gary, because if seeds hold. Whoever's the two versus the three, there the two gets the home game, obviously in the divisional playoff round, and. Minnesota hosting San Francisco, I'm sure, would feel a lot better than them having to go out and 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 play on the West Coast. So so they're going to be trying like crazy to 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 get themselves to 13 wins, whatever it takes to to hold on to that two spot. And you know, so the, there's gonna there's gonna be a lot to play for on both sides in in Week 17 if the Packers can get by Miami, Gary on on Sunday. That that's where it starts first and foremost. Can they find a way to go down and? Uh, you know, and, and, and beat a Dolphins team, Gary, that's playing for their playoff lives as well, because that AFC 
is kind of a juggled mess there in the middle as, as well, right? We, we know Kansas City's going to win a division. Buffalo looks like they're going to win a division. Cincinnati's probably going to win a division. Tennessee or Jacksonville, one of those two is going to win a division. And then that wild card's kind did of you a say Jack? Did you say my team, Jacksonville? <laughs> Gary, all of a sudden, don't look now. They're within a game of Tennessee, and they play each other in week 18, I think. You know, at the I don't know if you remember this. I'm going to pat myself on the back here, my, my tender back. But at the, at the beginning of the year, I said my two surprise teams were going to be Minnesota and Jacksonville. And uh, so far, it's playing out. But uh, Trevor Lawrence, my goodness, everybody talks about everybody else, about, you know, being the next phenom quarterback. That dude can flat out play. He, he's unbelievable. Just give him another year or two. He's going to be very, very special. Gary, I thought year three would be his coming out party. It's it's, it's happened mid-season of year two, and then um, he's obviously continued to carry it on since then. He threw the four touchdowns against Dallas on Sunday, showing you why he was the first pick in the draft. He has a head coach, Gary, who knows what he's doing. And, yes, sir. And, and yes, that's sir. where it starts. because it, it, That's I, a huge help. Yeah, Huge help. Last year with Urban, he had, he had no help. He had no chance whatsoever. He didn't, and he didn't have the pieces around him. Now he does. I mean, that's he's got some explosive playmakers all of a sudden around him. You remember, Gary, when he was coming out, Lawrence, that is, so many scouts said he's he's the greatest thing they've seen since Andrew Luck. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, after last year, I thought, boy, <laughs> it, I, I think these scouts missed on that one. But, yeah. but Gary, they, they could be the – well, they will be the dominant team in that division you know, the AFC South, I think for the next decade. And, and, and I'm not ready to say, you know, that they're going to challenge the Buffaloes, the Cincinnati's, the Kansas cities, the no, San Diego's no, no, of, of no. the world in that conference, you know, the other, the other teams with franchise quarterbacks at this point in time, but if management can put enough pieces around Lawrence, they will have a chance to be in that discussion. I, I think right now, Gary, when you look at that AFC, it, it's so fun to me to have Burrow, to have Allen and to have Mahomes all what in their mid twenties, knowing that they're and, and Justin Herbert and and Herbert too. Although Herbert hasn't won anything yet, worth a darn. So I I think no. it's premature to put him in that group. I mean, Burrow's been to a Super Bowl. Mahomes has won one. Josh Allen seems ready to win one. Sure, you know, sure. Buffalo's won their division four years in a row, and and Allen's kind of rescued them from from the depths of of darkness and you know what what had been in Buffalo for thirty years. So. That conference to me is is shaping up as a uh, man. It, it's going to be a beast for those guys that the, yeah. the next ten years to try to get through. I mean, if I'm Mahomes, I look over there at the NFC and I say, "Boy, I'd have a lot easier path, right, to get to a Super Bowl." Or if I'm Burrow, or if I'm if I'm Josh Allen, I say, "Boy, you know, take me over and you know put me on Tampa Bay when Brady leaves, or San Francisco, or something like that." Now, obviously, none of those guys are going anywhere. Those teams are too smart to let anybody out of town, but the path is a lot easier to the Super Bowl for the next seven, eight years, Gary, I would say in the NFC than the AFC, because I think the best three quarterbacks in football by far right now are Allen Burrow and Mahomes. I know Jalen hurts is going to get MVP votes. I'm not buying him long-term Gary. Like I, I, I think he's going to win the MVP Rob. Uh, well, not if he misses the next three games, Gary. What that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Who, who do you turn to then? Mahomes? Oh, my, my, my Holmes. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not convinced that even if he doesn't play, he doesn't get the MVP. They're, Gary, they're you, third, took, Gary you took arguably the best. One. 
you took arguably the best receiver in football away from Mahomes, and they haven't missed a beat. Oh, I, I know you you can and, make a legit, and I'm a big Mahomes fan. But what what Hurts has done with that Philadelphia team, I, he's taken them to another level as well. Speaking of offenses, Rob. Yes, sir. We, we talked about this uh, early in the season. And, you know, I mean, it's painfully obvious to any NFL that offenses are so important. And that's why the Packers have struggled. I mean, for the most part, you know, up until the midway point, they were in the third, lower third in the NFL in, in offense. These are the top three teams offensively as we go into uh, next week's action. Number one is Kansas City, 11 and one. Number two 11 is and three. Huh? 11 and three. Yeah, 11 and three. Buffalo is 11 and three. They're number two. Number three is Philadelphia, 13 and <laughs> one. San Francisco doesn't have a quarterback right now. They are ranked uh, seventh in offense. Cincinnati is 10th. I mean, yeah. you know, this goes back to uh, the draft. You know, we were talking about before getting another receiver to make it a, an even more explosive team. That's how you win today. It's plain and simple. It is, I guess, unless you have San Francisco's defense, right? I do think that defense is good enough to hold anybody in football, even these crazy high-powered offenses averaging 34 points a game, Gary. I think San Francisco can hold anybody to half the average. I really do. They are, they are that good on that side of the ball. And, and that's why if you're Green Bay, Gary, you're, you're so frustrated. And I wrote this last week at Forbes. You know, Green Bay came into the season, really, Gary, with the same game plan San Francisco did, right? Mm -hmm. San Francisco comes into the year. They're turning it over to a young quarterback in Trey Lance. They know they're going to have some hiccups early. They know they're going to have some bumps on the road on offense, right? They didn't have Christian McCaffrey at the time, and they were going to rely heavily on their defense. And they wound up just fine. They're 10 and four right now. They've ripped off seven in a row. Gary, they're number one in almost every single defensive category that matters. And I remember as you and I did this back in June, July, August, and we sat here and said, Green Bay is going to have a chance to be the number one defense in football. They have playmakers at every level. They have the best secondary in football. They're going to. No, I never went that far, Rob. You didn't. Okay. And the the reason I, I didn't go that far was I did a story just prior to the start of the regular season of teams that had six uh, first-round picks in the starting lineup, right? Yep. It was incredible. you think, like, they would be powerhouse teams, and none of them made it to the uh, Super Bowl, and I think only one of them uh, made it to the conference final. Wow. And there were a bunch of them that weren't even 500, that didn't finish the season 500. So I was a little skeptical yeah, to me because there's a bunch of young guys, number one. But after re, you know doing that research, I changed my mind about it. Just because you got a lot of talent doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a great defense. Well, I know that I know there was a lot of hype and there was a lot of excitement through the state, Gary. But, but yes. a lot of that too yes. was because Green Bay poured plenty of gas on the fire with that. I mean, Jair Alexander talking about yeah, you know right, being, right. being number one in all these categories and telling everybody it's going to be the most nasty defense out there, and you know other guys kind of following his lead on that. And um, you know, Gary, kind of to take this full circle back where we started, you know, had the defense really held the day for the first eight weeks and played like San Francisco's defense did, which green and, and, and that's what Brian Gutekunst thought he had. 
right? When he, when he took Quay Walker and then he took Devontae Wyatt and he resigned Devondre Campbell and he resigns Rasul Douglas and he thinks, okay, I've got the best secondary in the league. Our group's going to be able to get after it in the front seven. We're going to get after quarterbacks. The, the run defense clearly is what was, was, was the glaring weakness and has killed them time and time again this year, Gary. But, but, but they haven't sacked people the way they should. Their third downs have, have not been great, and uh, other teams have been too successful in the red zone, et cetera, et cetera, against them. The bottom line is the defense did not kind of do what it needed to do the first eight weeks, first 10 weeks while the offense yeah. found itself. I mean, they're six and eight right now, Gary. Had that defense played even – close to the level of San Francisco's, right? Yeah, but that, that, that's, a, that's asking for quite a bit. But that's I mean, what they were asking, Gary. But, but you know what, what too, Rob? They were in the upper top 10. for You know, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They were in the top 10 in total defense for probably the first, I'm going to say, six or eight games. Yeah, I think that's fair, Gary. Yep, somewhere in there. They were in total, but not in points, I think. And Yeah, and that, really- that, that could be. And, and really the biggest number that we want to look at is, is, is typically points. But you know, my, my whole point with that Gary is even if the defense had been a top five instead, because they're right in the middle yeah, now in most, yeah. in most categories, even if that defense was top five, Gary, they're probably eight and six today instead of six and eight. Right. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, they beat the giants, they beat Washington, you know, somebody else somewhere along the way, right. Some of these, some of these tight games, they lost the, the 15, nine game in Detroit. I mean, I guess they played well enough that day. You hold someone to 15 points. You should, you should win a football game, but, but in the grand scheme of things, Gary, if, if the defense had, had come close to living up to its end of the bargain, they're probably going to the playoffs. To me, the offense, the way the season played out, kind of did just what we thought it was going to do. Struggle early, pick it up. And now if you find a way into the postseason, Gary, they're extremely dangerous on that side of the ball. So, you know, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I think if they act together, they should be a pretty game good team, right? <laughs> they should be because, Gary, here's the other thing, and we should touch on this before we ever say goodbye tonight. They found themselves a return man, didn't they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, it's like Amari who? <laughs> I, I mean, has anybody departed a, a team with less fanfare than Amari Rogers? But Nixon has been a godsend. Doesn't it just raise the question? I mean, and you're scratching your head on and on and on and on. I mean, how, how was Amari Rogers the number one return man for half the season? You and it's I just, talked about it right from the get. Mind boggling, isn't it? We we both agreed he, he had no business being on there, and uh, you know I, I hope it works out for him with the Texans, but for whatever reason he he was in a major funk, and and they gave him chance after chance after chance. You know, again we, we're talking about the NFL being a cutthroat business. You can't keep giving guys chances. Or are you going to lose your job? Well, and, and under their nose the entire time is Keyshawn Nixon, Gary, who's, who's turned out to be the closest thing they've had to Desmond Howard since Desmond Howard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it is absolutely remarkable. Think of, th- think of this, Gary, and, and I know you know the answer before I even ask the question, but, but guess who leads the NFL in kickoff returns of at least 30 yards this season? Yeah, our guy, huh? Your guy. Yep. Nixon. Yeah. He's got eight of them. He, Gary, Gary, he, he only took over the job a month ago, right? He's got that shifting just to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that he can elude tacklers and uh, yeah, he's, 
He's got a knack for returning kicks, no doubt about Gary, it. He, Gary, he leads the league in kick returns of 50-plus yards. So he leads in 30-plus yards, and he leads in 50. And he didn't take over the job, Gary, till week six. I mean, yeah, it's... He, you, know, you know what? And I will say, not only was he a godsend, but the special teams overall have really gotten their act together. I mean, I, I paid close yep. attention last night. When, when they returned to kickoff, the, the uh, blockers in the front retrieved, you know, 10, 15 yards. They were all in their proper places, and uh, they, they gave them an opening. I mean, it, it was just well executed, and you could tell that that unit was well coached. And Gary, he's very deceptive. You you think he's hitting one hole and all of a sudden he bounces to a new hole yeah. or, or a different hole. And and guys, you know, if, if anybody is even, you know, a foot or two outside their line, uh, their lanes, Gary, Nixon's gone. And, and, and all of a sudden then the kicker's got to run him down at midfield or something like that. He, he was 18 yards a punt last night, Gary, in, in, in the, in that game against the Rams, he's, 32 again on, on kickoffs. It's uh, he's completely changed. I think how anybody looks at or approaches green Bay special teams. I got a kick out Aaron Rodgers last week talking about, you know, for, for years and years and years, if a ball was kicked two, three yards in the end zone, Rodgers said he would stand there on the sideline and say, stay, stay, stay. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and now, now he's saying the ball can be six, eight yards deep and he, and he's yelling at Nixon, come on out, come on out, come on out. It is pretty funny. I mean, and, I'll tell you what, I think he's averaging over 25, 26 yards a return, right? Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, that's that crazy after last night. I think it's in the high twenties right now, Gary. Yeah. yeah. I think it's around 25, which is crazy. Yeah. Good. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's crazy. Good. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, Wow. And that's funny. We really haven't dwelled on the special teams much this year, have we? Yeah. I, mean, I, think last, I think last year, every other podcast, the whole podcast was special teams. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that was just a train wreck. And now it's like, Hey, it's actually pretty encouraging. And, and, and Gary, over the last 15 years, they've had several seasons like that. I mean, 14 was a train wreck. They were last year as as bad as I, I think we've ever seen. They were they were equally as bad in in eighteen. The year McCarthy got fired, um, you know they they had several of those types of seasons along the way where they just weren't thirty second. Gary, they were a long way from being thirty first. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and we'll we'll see how this plays out when it's all said and done. But but I think they're going to work their way to the middle of the pack and in, in the whole special teams ratings and and things like that, that Rick Goslin, the, the longtime Dallas reporter uh, does here when, when the season ends, they've got three more weeks yet, but, but Gary, they, they just haven't had, you know, the weekly blunders, the, the colossal airs that, that absolutely deflate a team and, and kill a football team like they did against San Francisco last year, for example, in the playoffs or several other games uh, along the way. Nixon's been the key, Gary, but they've been good in a lot of other areas too. You know, Crosby keeps going and kudos to him last night. He tied far for most games there consecutively in, in Packer history. He'll, he'll break that mark come Christmas day down, down in Miami. It's not quite the same, a kicker versus a quarterback, but it's a, 
but it's a tribute to Crosby for his longevity in this league, Gary. He, he was almost cut himself a couple different times since he was a seventh round pick in 07. So, um, you know, kudos to Crosby for hanging around as long as he did. And, and, and he, and he still seems to be going relatively strong. The punting game has been decent overall, Gary, certainly better than it's been in the past. So, um, yeah, no special teams have, have not killed this group. The offense is picking it up. The defense last night in, in against Los Angeles holds them to 100, 156 total yards, Gary, the lowest ever by a Sean McVay coached football team. So oh, maybe, Green right? Bay's got, yeah, maybe Green Bay's got something going, Gary. You know what? Tell me one thing about the defense last night that was just absolutely shocking. It was startling. And maybe I've I, I missed the boat. Uh, who did they play before the bye week? Chicago. Chicago. And I was going to go back and see if this was the case. But did you notice their alignment last night by any chance? Unless you really looked for it, you didn't notice it. But they played, and I'm willing to say the vast majority of uh, plays with two down linemen, okay? Just two down linemen, two stand-up ends, and then a hodgepodge of guys in different places. And they played it consistently. And, you know, I I don't know if they had a philosophical, you know, change uh, you know, but it, it really, you know, caught my eye. Uh, I haven't seen Barry's defense play that alignment, you know, perhaps ever. You know, Gary, he loves to play nickel. He won't blitz a whole lot. He plays a lot of dime. But just His two one, down, just two down linemen. Yeah, just, just the two down linemen. I mean, typically on, you know, early downs, he's going to usually go with the three, at, at least on, on early downs, yeah. and, and then maybe take one off the field. Uh, and go with the extra defensive back later on. Uh, uh, Gary, I'll have to rewatch that tape to, I guess, probably give you a better answer on on, on that. Yeah, yeah. My, my only thought is that the Rams don't run the ball particularly well, and maybe they view the threats, although, you know, without Cooper Cup and without Robinson, the Rams certainly don't look like the Rams we saw that won a Super Bowl 10 months ago. But, you know, maybe when they, maybe when they broke that thing down to them at least – the, the biggest threats were still in the passing game, right? With, 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 with Atwell and, and with Higby and the, the other, the other targets that they did put out there. Cause Cam Akers hadn't done a whole heck of a lot through the course of this season, Gary, although he ran the ball. Okay. Last night, he had a, he had a couple of 15 plus yard runs. Um, but I think Joe Barry typically Gary is, is more than fine giving that kind of stuff up. He he's going to say, you yeah. want to nickel and dime yeah. your way down the field against us. Good luck. We don't think you can go 14 plays. You're going to you somewhere along the way, you're going to have a holding penalty, you know, or, or you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. And for the most part, it worked last night, Gary. I mean, 12 points, you're going to, you're going to win football games when you keep people, keep people to 12 points. I, I don't know necessarily that the defense is getting dramatically better. I still think it's because of who they've played Gary the last two weeks, Chicago and the Rams held Chicago to 19, yeah. held the Rams to 12. The real challenge comes Sunday, Gary, when they try to take that, you know, a Miami offense, which is top five in almost every single category. And again, probably has the best wide receiver duo in football. Can they slow that group down and keep them to 27? Because maybe you win the game if you get them to 27. You probably don't win the game, Gary, if they're into the mid-30s. You know, uh, speaking of that defense last night, the one guy that really stood out to me, and we talked about him a couple weeks ago, saying he's he's one of the uh, silver linings to the season. Quay Walker, my goodness. 
Yeah. He, he, his athleticism was on display last night. And when they drafted him, I, I, I was thinking in terms of who's, who's the uh, linebacker for the Buccaneers, Devin White. Okay. Yep. White and uh, David. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm thinking like he could be like him. And last night I go, he's got a chance to be like yeah. him. I yeah. mean, they, they, they blitzed him. They, they right. moved, moved him around and, they 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 took advantage of his uh, athleticism, and 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 that's why they took him where they took him, Gary. You know, um, and used that first of their two first round picks. You know, on Walker, he can he can fly, and he's he's understanding things clearly a lot better than he did back in September. Yes, he, he struggled um, the first six seven weeks. Yeah, no he's doubt. Been, you know, he's been overrun at times in the run game. He 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 struggles getting off blocks, Gary. He really does. Uh, last night it wasn't as evident because, like you said, they moved him around a lot, and and for the first time they they sent him after quarterbacks. Yes, and and, and we hadn't seen a whole lot of that until yep. until mm-hmm. last night. I think they found something there in terms of uh, kind of unleashing him in various blitz packages. Gary, to to me, the guy who hasn't you know several guys haven't played up to their twenty twenty one level, uh, but but Devondre Campbell has has not played. Uh, to nearly close to the level that he did last year when he was a when, when he was an All Pro and a Pro Bowl player, right. and, and I it, it, I think they need to get him on track and get him unleashed here in the last three four games too. Um, you know if 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 they hope to go anywhere once we hit mid January or still be playing once we hit mid January. But yeah, no, it's it, it's a silver lining, Gary. That that whole draft class to me is a silver lining right now because if you look at Gutekunst from his drafts from 2020 and 2021 they weren't special they weren't great and and I thought that was one of the reasons Green Bay took a step back uh, this year but that 2022 draft class Gary as we look at it right now I I think they have a potential star down the road in Watson I think they've got a really solid player in dubs I think they've got a potential starting left tackle or certainly a starting offensive lineman in Zach Tom and I, I think they've got a real potential stud on defense in Quay Walker. And if Devontae Wyatt comes on next year, Gary, and he'll be given every chance to do it, man, we could be talking about just a dynamic draft class. But, the, yeah. you know, th- those four guys we kind of I kind of just touched on there. Brian Gutekunst might have had his best draft back in back in April with th- this particular class. Yeah, you know, last year, too, you and I, it seemed like every week on this podcast would rave about Kenny Clark. And he's been not- noticeably absent for much of this season. But I'll tell you what, he showed up last night. He he, he was yep. really, really active and aggressive. Now, keep this in mind, Gary. That was a Rams offensive line that's beat to nonsense. It was a third-string quarterback. It's, it's hodgepodge wide receivers. So Kenny Clark had more time to get after people. But, no, tip your hat to Kenny and tip your hat to the entire defense for what they did last night. It, it's not Green Bay's fault that the Rams are a shell of the team they put on the field uh, when, when they won the Super Bowl 10 months ago against Cincinnati, that they're missing now Stafford and, and Cup and various offensive linemen and Allen Robinson and things like that. Uh, you're right, though, Gary. Kenny Clark, a $20 million man. I was looking through some salary cap stuff last week, and I was, th- you know, Green Bay's right against the cap, Gary. Right you're now. looking at things because you had nowhere to go. You're, you're, <laughs> I'm, on, you're still I'm, I'm, on, I'm on house arrest since my knee surgery. That's for sure. <laughs> Although Gary, I was cleared to drive today. So look out world. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I was looking Gary because I, I was 
thinking to myself, man, if, you know, if I'm Russ Ball, if I'm Brian Gutekunst and I'm trying to make this football team better, and I was looking primarily, Gary, because I was doing a story on David Bakhtiari and his future uh-huh. um, as a 20, $29 million man this year and a $32 million man the next year. You know, can they bring guys like that back, right? And think they're going to catch some of these teams we talked about, not just in the NFC North, but just the NFC in general. San Francisco's not going anywhere. Philly's not going anywhere. Dallas is going to remain a threat, et cetera, et cetera. How does Green Bay close the gap on some of these people, Gary? And, you know, you've got Rodgers at 50. You've got Bakhtiari at roughly 30. You've got Kenny Clark at 20. And Aaron Jones is 20 next year. And, 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 and it goes on and on and on. I think they've got Gary 60% of the salary cap tied up in their top five or six players, you know, next year. And I was thinking to myself, it's not a given that Kenny Clark was back on the football team next year. Um, You know, that, that, that's a spot you go to the draft and get a guy at pick 31 or something like that, just to clog up the middle and, and, you know, and pay him 1.3 million instead of paying Kenny Clark 20. Well, they, 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 and I agree with you, Rob. They they might even have that guy in Slayton. I mean, depending upon you know how he develops. I mean, he's a load. Maybe you're right. Yeah, you know. Um, to your point, I would have never thought that possible to even say those words when the year yeah. began, Gary, because Kenny Clark has been such a terrific Packer since he since he you know was was one of Ted Thompson's better first round picks in 2016. Um, he you know 16 through 21, Gary. He, he, he was a terrific football player for him. He did everything they asked. He deserved that second contract and deserved to become, uh, become one of the uh, you know high, higher paid noses in football. But yeah, his 2022 has been disappointing. So it will be interesting this offseason when the Packers have a lot of work to do against the cap, Gary, and a lot of tough decisions to make in terms of, of who's staying and who's going. Just what they do with some of these players, like a Bakhtiari, like, like a Kenny Clark, like an Aaron Jones, for example, Gary. Um, you know, can, can you bring him back at 20 million? The answer is probably no. That, again, the, these are conversations you and I will certainly have in February and March when we do some of these things, but it's never too early to start thinking about this stuff. I mean, some of these guys, and I, and I think David Bakhtiari is, 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 is at the top of the list, Gary. Some, some of these guys are, are probably down to their final couple of games at Lambeau Field. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I, I kind of kept an eye on Tom last night, too. He, he's playing in Bakhtiari's spot. And overall, I thought he did a pretty good job. I, I think these last games are going to be an addition for him. If he plays at a pretty high level, I, I don't have any doubts they'll move on from Bakhtiari and, and not draft an offensive tackle you know, early. But if he struggles and they got some doubt, then that's going to be a position they're going to have to address in the draft you know, at some point. But, uh, hey, I, I want to circle back to the Packers' offense and, and how we yeah. started the uh, podcast night. But that offense is now rolling, or, you know, it's seemingly much better than it had been. Miami's defense, Rob, is ranked 21st, okay? It's not right. very very good defense. They've given up uh, 32 points to Buffalo. Uh, was it last week? Last three games, they gave up 32 points to Buffalo, 23 to Cincinnati, 33 to San Francisco. You know, fairly two – well, actually, all three good teams. Yep. But six weeks ago, they gave up 32 points to the Bears. So, uh, you know, there's a reason why, why they're ranked number 21. And then you go beyond uh, the Miami game, 
they'll play a Minnesota defense that is ranked 32nd. Okay. And then they wrap up against the, a Detroit defense that is ranked 31st. Okay. Yep. So it, it's open there for the Packers. You know, if their offense can get, you know, 28 points or so a game, I, I think, I think they're going to run the table. They might have to get into the thirties, Gary. Perhaps. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. They, they really, but, 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 but then again, I, I think that's more than possible. I, I would assume Miami does much like the Rams did last night. And the Rams took Jalen Ramsey and shadowed Christian Watson most of the night, certainly the entire first half. And then he backed off a little bit and they ran some different coverages in the second half. Uh, but Green Bay, Green Bay is going to struggle a little bit, Gary, if, if somebody takes Watson away. And, and that's what Ramsey did last night. Miami's got a corner that's, that, that, that's probably just as good in Xavier Howard. And, and, and now will he shadow Christian Watson on, on Sunday? I would, I would anticipate he does. Gary, um, you know, so now the key becomes could Green Bay run the football and and then can some of these other guys like like Lazard and Dubs and Cobb win their matchups against the two, three and four corners on the other team. But but Rogers, you know, Rogers was in pretty good rhythm last night, Gary. There, there's no question about it other than his one overthrow uh, to Lazard that that got picked off. I thought the offense really hummed. For, for the most part, they could have, you know, Rogers lamented the fact after the game, Gary, that they didn't score at least 30 points. He, he, he seemed down about it or bummed about it, but for all, all you know, all, all practical purposes, Gary, they, they scored 30 points. They got to the one yard yeah. line. And yep. and, uh, they agree. did just what they needed to do. They ran out the last nine minutes of the football game uh, with a remarkable 15 play drive that, that you just don't see real often. Um, and, and Gary, I'll, I'll give the Rams credit. I mean, I know they didn't have Aaron Donald, but they played their tails off um, in, you know, the Ram, the Rams really, and we know this have nothing to play for cold night. Um, they're going nowhere fast. And, and I thought they competed like crazy on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and, and green and green Bay dominated time of possession and, 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 and they moved the ball at will Gary, they're probably going to have to do the same thing that they're, they're not beating Miami 13, 10, for example, no, you know what I mean? No, they're going to, they're going to have, they're going to have to get to 31 or something like that to, to win that football game. And, and pro, and then, you know, put two on us back two, three, four times and, and get a, and get a takeaway or two along the way. I, I anticipate that's going to be a shootout, Gary, a high-scoring game. And if, 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 again, if they can find a way to pull it off, two straight home games to find a way into the playoffs. Hey, I, I again, I like we talked about throughout the show. I think that's doable. I, I, I really think that this Miami game is going to be the one we circle. Right? If, if, if they win it, they're going to get in. And I, and I really believe that. And if they lose it, Gary, they're, they're clearly not getting in Their Their off season begins immediately. They can, they can start making plans for Jamaica and Cancun and, and all those fun <laughs> places. If, if things don't go well in Miami. So are you we'll saying that's a goes. bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Right. We, we, we wouldn't mind trading places. Exactly. Rob, it's time to uh, wrap up this bad boy, unless you got something else you want to add, but well, I just want to, I just want to add one thing, Gary. And, sure. And, you and I have probably between us watched a hundred years of NFL football or 90 or 80 or whatever the number is a lot of football, Gary. I don't think I've ever seen anything crazier or dumber than the way that new England Las Vegas game ended on, ended on Sunday. Um, and, and, and Jacoby Myers now, you know, we, we will talk about him um, the same way 
you know, for the next 50 years, he'll, he'll be lumped together with the TJ Rubleys of the world and Bill, Bill, Buck, Bill Buckner, <laughs> Bill Buckner and, 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 and Joel Pasarczyk and, yeah. and, and Sanchez with the butt fumble and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. He's, he's earned his, he's earned his goat horns and his place in, in NFL history. And, and, and that's why it was so wild to me last night, Gary, that, you know, let, you know, 24 hours after that unfolded, out, out in Las Vegas where Myers makes one of the dumbest plays you'll ever see and throws back across the field and Chandler Jones intercepts and goes back for the, for the game winning touchdown for, uh, for the Raiders. We see Rasul Douglas come up with an interception and, and, and he's trucking toward the end zone and he gets to the 20 and instead of going down or about to go down, he flings the ball backwards, Gary, to <laughs> absolutely nobody. I mean, just I no know what, what's going on, you know, no rhyme or reason to that whatsoever. <laughs> and and I don't know if you saw his comments after the game, Gary, but he Douglas said he got to the sidelines and his and his teammates asked him if he was high. Um, oh so, boy! And, oh and, boy. And, and 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 that and and a play like that, Gary, you've almost got to be high to make. And I know Lafleur <laughs> chewed him out, and I know Joe Barry chewed him out. Rasul Douglas has been quite a find for them coming off the street, Gary, but, um, but he almost got the goat horns himself last night. So we'll, I'll, I'll kind of close with that. If, if green Bay is going to do anything, Gary, they've got to be smarter uh, than, than Rasul Douglas was last night to, to make any kind of charge here down the stretch. And um, yeah, that, that, that's about it. It was, it was, it was a wild finish to, to one of the crazier weekends, Gary, that, 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 that I can remember in, 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 a, in a long, long time in the league, right? It's, it started with Minnesota rallying from 33 down. We, we had that Raider game with, with New England, which is one of the craziest endings I think that we'll ever see. You saw, you saw Dallas lose on a pick six to, to, to finish things off. You saw the Chiefs win on an overtime uh, game against, uh, against Houston. The, the, the leagues at, at an all-time high, Gary, the, the games are remarkably exciting. They all come down to a single possession and, and, and kind of tying it back to where you went before. The officiating's got to get a lot, lot better. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, who would have ever thunk that a Bill Belichick coach team would have a player <laughs> do something so stupid? I would love to have been a fly in the locker room after that game because I guarantee you, Mr. Belichick was not a happy man. <laughs> well, and, the, and, 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 and you, you know, Gary, that's, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it still falls on Belichick, right? Yeah. Um, but that, you know, that is not a Belichick type of player. That is not a Belichick type of move. I'm shocked, honestly, that Myers is still on the football team today. As, as we're doing this podcast. I mean, I really am. He's, he's an okay football player, but the, you, you can find a lot of guys like him pretty quickly uh, floating around out there to, to, to step in and, and take that spot. The craziest thing, you know, Gary, what's the one thing Bill, Bill Belichick says time and time and time again, right? Do your job. Don't do anybody yeah, else's. Right. Stay in right. your lane. Do your job. Don't, don't exceed the reach of your grasp, right? And um what does Myers do there? Right. He tries to do two or three jobs at once and, and, and it blows up and yeah, no, it was, it was the Gary, like I said, I've, I've been following this league closely for 40 years. That's as crazy as anything I've, I've ever seen. And, and there've been a lot of wild endings, but nothing quite like that one. Well, Mr. Rachel, uh, thanks again for bringing your a game. You're all over it. <laughs> and uh, thank you to our listeners. Take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. 
You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and WooflesPressBox.com. 